Good evening, everybody. Welcome. I'm saying good evening because it could be the morning, could be any time of the day when you're listening to this. It happens to be the evening when I'm recording it. Um, usual Sunday evening. It's been a, oh, it's been a busy few days, while, and um, yeah. But I was just thinking about this idea of um, the concept of. Um, it's not a concept. Revisiting things, you know. And just, um, yeah, I've kind of been thinking about that a lot the last few weeks. And, uh, I mean, like, for instance, these sticks I've got in my hand are these old marching sticks that I that I use for kind of practising. Because um, they're sort of, they're much bigger than my normal sticks, but they're very similar dimensions. Um, and I've hardly played with them for ages. And I suddenly decided to start using them again, you know. And uh, I was like thinking, why did, I, why did I stop using them in the first place? You know, why am I needing to kind of revisit these sticks? But uh, anyway, that was a kind of topic today. But uh, I've just, um, it's been a busy, it's been a busy, like very variable time as well lots of different things going on playing wise and um yeah it's it's um it's been it's felt kind of foggy if that um, means anything to anybody sometimes i go through these periods uh where when i'm doing lots of different things i kind of I really feel like I've got a grip of anything, got a handle on anything. Everything feels a little bit out of reach. I'm not quite sure what's going on, you know, what um, what is my vibe at the moment. Uh, you know, and, and that's a kind of foolish, you know, as ever, a foolish frame of mind to be in because... Um, you know, your vibe is your vibe always, you know, so, but, um, I mean, like, for instance, today I had to do this rehearsal, and, uh, and it was just a reading, rehearsal with a big band, you know, and I'm a bit tired, and I found it really hard work, um, and again, it's that thing of sort of feeling like just overthinking things a little bit in the moment. Reading, you know, it's this thing of like, I'm, you know, I don't read a lot, so my reading is. I mean, I'm a good reader, but I wouldn't say I'm a I'm a great reader, and and uh, and I could be a really good reader if I, if I was reading as much as I used to when I was a teenager. You know, I was a very very good reader when I was like eighteen because I was reading all the time, and so I have the capability of reading well, and I'm all, I have that kind of mind brain as well i kind of like the kind of patterns of it and stuff but you get out of practice you know and and not only do you get out of practice of that sort of the, the thing of recognition in the moment of shapes and the sound and the phrasing of shapes but it's also the things that you play around those shapes you know and um and then you sort of add into that being a bit tired and then you add into that a couple of other factors that were bit challenging today shall we say and um you end up with a horror bit of a horror show you know a um, bit of a nightmare situation where you're um where, where one i the one i'm talking about me um it all feels a little bit foggy 
and a bit kind of out of reach. And um, and yeah, and I've been doing it. I've done a, I've done two or three kind of outdoor gigs, and uh, yeah, I found them a bit challenging as well because I sort of had this weird thing of it's just the thing I've noticed in the last few years is. It, it, my hands get kind of dry, drier than they used to be. I don't know if that's it because I'm getting old. I don't know. And um, just to think of, you know, dry hands is not is not great for gripping sticks. You know, if you've got dry hands, it's oh, I find it really hard to to hold the sticks properly and have things fluid. I feel like I'm gripping the sticks. I don't feel like I'm holding the sticks. If that makes any sense. I know we have, you know, we have a grip that we play with, but um, does one ever actually feel like uh, when they're playing that they're gripping the sticks? I certainly don't, and I don't wouldn't want anyone ever to feel like they are because it that sort of it's like you're holding on for dear life, you know, and that's not the way it's supposed to feel. Whereas normally when things are fine and the hands feel cool, everything is nice, you know, everything's just fluid and. Everything feels part of it, feels like one thing, it doesn't feel like a weird kind of um, like uh, having to try and keep something in the hand and keep something sort of under control. And uh, I always do that thing of I always, you know, lick my fingers, which is a bit weird, but uh, it seems to work, it doesn't work for very long, you know. Um, and of course, the, the the pandemic, which we don't we don't talk about the pandemic now, you know, but that was a it was really really crap for drums because of um, you know hand um, gel, you know she's like awful stuff. I mean, it's great for you know obviously cleaning the hands and it was essential at the time, but it's like you need to add something back in. So I got into moisturising my hands, which all sounds very you know new man and all that stuff. Is new man even a thing now? It's not even a thing, is it? We don't even say new man. It's all one beautiful big vibe. But um, yeah, hand moisturizer, and it was actually Luke Flowers, the, the drummer, that uh, said that he um, that was something he did uh, to get things going, as he used to say. If his hands were a bit dry, and he was having to play, and things were feeling a bit, you know, that kind of smooth hand thing where the sticks feel like they're going to fall out of your hand, you know. Which is what I seem to have a lot. And doing these outdoor gigs, even though it was warm, I had that problem going on. It was just not great, you know. I was like, ah, don't want, don't want that because you want to be, ah, you know, outdoors. I tend to play, um, I would say, significantly louder than I normally play. One, because we you know, we know, there's no, we don't have a natural acoustic. There is no acoustic outside. Uh, well, oh, that's a bit of a strong statement. There is a, there is a acoustic of the world outside. There is no acoustic, as in like a, a a a space which has properties. We are outside of that. You know, uh, you're playing in like a, on a stage that's a covered stage, uh, or in a marquee. Even you know, we all know what those situations sound and feel like you know even if you're a you know you play saxophone or you know another sort of an instrument that enjoys natural uh, ambience uh, which 
you know, to some degrees, uh, with drums, actually, you know, we, uh, we're kind of enjoying not too much natural ambience a lot of the time because you lose some of the detail. But the outside gig thing, I always feel like I've got a, have a different form of projection, you know, in relation to sound and how kind of getting that sound down the microphones because that's where it's, you know, the people are only really hearing you down the microphones and not hearing you acoustically, you know. And even on stage, if you get a, you know, the stage is a certain size, above a certain size, I should say, then everybody is not hearing you acoustically, even the band that you're playing with. So they're all kind of relying on the signal and the monitor engineer, you know. And um, yeah, just having, having a few, I've had a few, three or so of those gigs in the last couple of weeks. And then, um, and then I had some other gigs, which were kind of one-off gigs, um, and one of which I enjoyed immensely and felt. Uh, in fact, two of two of them I did actually. I had a really nice gig last Wednesday with uh, with a kind of last-minute thrown-together band thing by a fantastic uh, trumpet and flugel player. Uh, called Richard Isles and uh, he got offered this gig and I was very grateful to be asked to be part of this band and it was a, it was a really 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 nice band and um, and we played a lot of his music and it was really um, it's really uh, his music is is it's not you know it's not hard to get inside which is great you know some people's music is a little bit impregnable it's very hard to kind of get it up and running without a lot of work and uh, this is like the opposite of that you know and uh, he's pretty kind of relaxed about how he likes things so and then I, so I had that gig on Wednesday which was a really nice gig and uh, uh, and then the the gig on Tuesday I had a really nice little lad I, I sort of uh, stepped in for somebody and I, again I had a really nice gig a little jazz gig and, uh, and and the outside gigs I was doing were great. They've been really, really good, you know. But this sort of thing of, of pillar to post, and um, it's kind of led me, um, like a week or so ago, led me back to this kind of a place of sort of revisiting some things, some certain things. And um, so that was what I was going to sort of mutter on about today, really, just talk a, bit, a little bit about that. Maybe it's something that you do all the time. Maybe it's something you don't do purposely. Um, maybe it's something that you um, don't realise that you would actually like to do, you know. Um, you know, we all feel like we should move on all the time, don't we? We should always be moving on and doing new things and pushing the boundaries and what have you. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know what I think about all that. I'm not really sure. Still not really sure what I think about that kind of concept. You know, I play I play a lot of open music, a lot of music which doesn't have parts. So I live on well, I live with that sort of thing on a daily basis, really, a lot of time in my playing. You know, it's like the playing is um is 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 refreshing <laughs> enough in itself. <laughs> Because it's constantly um, new, or um, it's got a, every time it's got a different thing, and that's led me to be very ill-disciplined in some respects. And so, one of the things uh, to talk about was revisiting um, this 
way that I was practicing some time ago, which was writing pieces and, um, and then recording lots of versions of them. And, and uh, yeah, I was really struggling to be disciplined again with that. I was kind of saying to myself, right, okay, I'm going to record a version of this uh, quieter. I'm going to experiment with the microphone levels and uh, play quieter and see what that sounds like emotionally. Uh, you know, like, what's the intensity of that when I listen back to it? And... Um, you know, most of you probably you know, understand the answer to this before I'm saying it. But when I when I go in and play the 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 piece of music, the thing I'm practicing to, which has got these kind of two or three specific sort of things written into it, I just end up playing it the way that it feels like the right way to play it. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, you know, uh, why can't I just be more disciplined? Um, and it's that thing of like, well, you know, maybe you're just being true to how um, the discipline of, of playing things, how you hear it and how you feel it, you know. Is that more valuable? There's a question for you. Or is it more valuable to be able to, to be able to do something with this kind of boundary that you're setting for yourself? And, and then I was, you know, saying to me, oh, you know, if I was in here with somebody else's recording and they were asking me to play in that way, then I would probably do that, you know. So why can't I be disciplined within my own company or, or you know, di disciplined to myself? Why do I not respect my own wishes? Blah, blah, blah. It's all nonsense, isn't it? It's just all mental nonsense. Um, but it was interesting. I just um, was really struggling to get that, to be that disciplined. But it was going back to this revisiting this way of practicing and um which i got quite negative about it i felt like it was having a ne negative impact on my playing you know um but the truth of the matter is at the moment in the last two or three months is i haven't really been practicing at all and um not been working on anything really i've been playing a lot um and that tends to be the thing but i really you know not not happy in myself um that i'm not really practicing anything you know i'm uh, not uh, getting down to getting the discipline down you know kind of fallen out of a disciplined um way of being so i'm sort of trying to revisit that i'm trying to get back into um where how did i get how, you know how did i have that frame of mind um the the, the you know the obvious limitation of um of society for a while helped because you know uh, there was nothing to do nowhere to go so there was a lot of time extra time uh, now things are normal i see things as completely normal now i behave it's a kind of amazing thing in a way i don't think all parts of society have, have quite accepted this or are quite behaving in that way and other and other countries and whatever it aren't but um my I kind of realised a few weeks ago, you know, everything is completely as normal as it was before, um, maybe before 2020, you know. 
I just I just go and go to wherever I go to and behave completely normally. Go to the supermarket, go and gig or whatever, drive to wherever, do whatever. Um, the only place where I ever notice I need to change my behaviour a bit is when I go in hospitals, you know, because hospitals are still asking people to wear face masks, which is fine. So, um, but uh, but the, the fundamental thing is is trying to revisit this this kind of frame of mind or um or is it is maybe it's maybe it's not a revisiting thing it's just a matter of of um of finding that space in a new situation you know in this in this slightly refined situation or this this um situation where we're now you know things are slightly brought back to an inverted normal so therefore you know there's slightly less slightly less time in the day to be frank to do you know things like exercise and stuff like that i mean you make that time but the time you make is a time you you know you um don't do something else so um yeah yeah and it's been uh, and i've been you know and i've been involved in a lot of other music as well um so trying to find time for that having to prioritize that a bit um but when things are you know busy with the gigging and stuff it's it's hard to be kind of uh, to be kind of that disciplined um and even in the last couple of weeks i even had loads of things that i was thinking oh i need to talk about in the next podcast really interesting things and stuff and and they seem to have this sort of seems to have kind of fizzled away you know um and it's funny how they can, those kind of perspectives of enthusiasm just kind of you know they wane slightly over time to do with something or it doesn't seem quite as in, as interesting as it did you know um but but anyway yeah so that's been that's been a kind of uh thing that's been going on the last couple of weeks and so revisiting this way of practicing um i did notice um when i was recording myself and listening back and in some of the playing that I actually quite liked some of the things that I was doing. And I definitely felt like I um, had had some kind of success in the work I've been doing in my in my practice uh, over the last three years, you know. And um, it can be hard sometimes if you uh, are trying to make progress um, subtle things it can be hard to sort of realize that subtle things have improved and then it's that thing of well, you know it's like that thing when you learn something new or a new coordination thing or something and you can play it you really you, you really can't work out why you could never do it even though you were banging your head against the wall you know three or four days previous when you were first trying to learn something and, and, and it felt like absolute agony or whatever or it was so frustrating or and then when something's learnt, it's like, oh, I, I could never unplay that. Cause it feels completely natural, you know. And that's just a brain. It's a brain function thing, of course, you know. And understanding that, having some faith in that process and, you know, having a, having a way of practising, a correct way of practising really does um, help to frame all that stuff so one feels positive and one feels like they can... Uh, make these tiny microscopic uh steps as they're as they're kind of moving forward into things that they're practicing 
but it was interesting when I was um, you're trying to get rid of this kind of the, the spectre of the old you or the old value systems you know um, I was doing some recording just in here and I was playing some things on the bass drum and I was really enjoying the way it felt and it felt different and it felt more controlled and it felt more in time and then as I was playing a bit more and getting a little bit um, tense, I would say, or less fresh, I could feel like my right foot sort of um, falling back into struggling with something that it had been perfectly capable of playing 10 minutes before, you know. And uh, so it, got me, it just got me thinking about what really what really is going on in the brain and uh, you know do um, as you connect new kind of neural networks do the old ones still have <laughs> branches that that connect to that as well you know i don't know i imagine it, it would if, if, i can't imagine that it would be completely different but um, it's a very interesting thing to sort of think about uh, when you're, you know, when you're practicing and when you're learning something new and why things have that sort of feel, you know. And the, and the, yeah, and with the stamina thing as well. So that's the thing I was going to say on top of that, you know. So there's there's the practicing the new things, being able to play new things, and then there's the stamina of being able to kind of keep them up. And maybe it's maybe that's the thing I don't work hard enough on is the stamina side of things, which I I think I really do have a discipline problem when it comes to, um, you know, when I do exercises, I don't really like doing any exercise at all to be honest with you it's all a bit horrific but I, I you know I find it all kind of painful and like oh it's just horrendous you know I'm sure I've got some sort of um, gene in me that just as soon as you start moving in a certain way with certain sorts of strenuousness it all becomes a bit too much so um, yeah it's uh, so I always find it kind of hard to um, to work on the stamina thing i mean actually that's probably not true actually because when i was younger so i think it's something that's changed as i got older when i was younger i used to be able to do like silly things when i was at school i used to i'd be doing i'd be doing like an exercise like something like that or whatever you know anything I'd, i don't even know what that was jumping in too quickly flailing around for a bit and then going what the hell are you doing oh that's what it is it's like a double powered little thing and then a load of single strokes with with accents on the right hand and then you put a double in it and the whole stick in reverse it's double powered little double powered little powered little and then accent 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 with a diddle at the end and then you just it flips around to the other sticking 
But um, yeah, but I used to do things like that. And I'd say half an hour and I'd put the stopwatch on, you know, and I'd look down and I'd be going through all the various kind of um, psychological torture things of trying to place one for half an hour where you suddenly get an itch on the middle of the top of your head or the middle of your back or on your elbow, you know. Oh, and that would be after like five or six minutes and then like 15 minutes in the room... Is the room spinning? Am I spinning? Is something spinning around? Is something weird going on here? You know, and then um, 25 minutes in, I'm starting to get a runny nose, you know. All these little things that are um, that seem to be in the way, you know. Things that seem to, to be um, um, making us feel like we can't carry on, you know. Um, and I, I used to be sort of when I was younger. Be people used to talk about some very simplistic psychological things, you know. And uh, I don't know whether or not I think they're true or not, but I, I don't really, I don't know whether I think they're true now or whether they were just kind of coffee table psychology, you know. But this thing that the brain, yeah, you know, once you start doing something, it, the brain wants you to, it wants to take control and wants to be back into control so it tries to make you tries to do things to stop you doing that thing because it wants to you know what what does it want to do i mean that was always my question like all right so what is what does it actually want you to do then does it want you to just new to just do nothing all the time is it or does it want you to just be like constantly doing different things um i'm not really sure i was never really sure of the logic you know um and I was thinking, oh, is it, is it just something that I do because I think that's what the brain's doing because somebody's told me that's what the brain does. Now I think that's what the brain does. It's all like madness, complete insanity, you know. And one of the things that really does help me is um, is deep breathing. You know, really, really, um, a couple of really useful exercises Um that you could do now, actually, with me, unless you're driving or something. I wouldn't do these when you're driving. Well, you could do. I suppose you could do them when you're driving. You just got to make sure that you, um, you know, you don't lose concentration on what's going around you. But um, really useful exercises to sort of break those sort of thought patterns. I found is just a simple breathing in and out in the belly kind of exercise and um there's a couple of different good ones um there's one that's make sound a bit mental but it, it kind of works for me um not sure how well i'll translate on here but the fundamental thing is 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 one is getting the count right so it's going in through the nose in this kind of one two three four and and at the end as i'm saying the end then you're going out and you can go out through the nose or the mouth actually um if you're kind of i don't know if you're studying like maybe something like uh something in the realms of the tai chi sort of thing or or qigong or one of those sort of things then then it, it tends to be in and out through the nose and it tends to be quite a quiet thing it's not a you know really really loud breathing it tends to be
you know, um, trying to stay focused um, on on yourself and being aware, but not not be sort of drawing attention to um, the breath, you know, in or out, uh, which could be oh crap, sorry, smashing the microphone down around, which can be which can be uh, which can be quite hard to do, you know. Because sometimes you can feel like you're um, kind of over-breathing uh, on the in-breath early on. So, you know, the pace of it's like the the one, two, three, four, and then out, two, three, four, in... To, and the important thing is in that, at the beginning of it on that one the sort of on the one on the end is not to breathe in too much and then the thing I always find is 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 then just accelerating things on the way out to make sure you get all the air out <laughs> because there's nothing worse than getting to the end of it and feeling like you haven't got all the air out. You know, you need to get the air out and then bring fresh air in, you know. Um, it can be quite nice. There's a thing that um, I think sort of done in yoga circles where you go in for four, hold for four, and out for four. Uh, I think it's called triangular breathing, that, I think. It makes sense. Three points of breath. In for four. Hold for four. And out for four. Um, yeah, and you can set your own tempo. I, that's my tempo. I, I've kind of taken that tempo um, from some things that I've that I've done and practiced. So sometimes when I'm when I'm on the pad, I'll be doing that breathing. If, if I feel like my brain's starting to do my head in, like it's just starting to, you know, introduce some nonsense, I'll just go to the breathing thing and, and concentrate on my breathing, you know, four, counting four in my head in. And, and then sometimes I'll do the hold. I probably, most of the time I don't do the hold when I'm doing the exercise. I tend to do the hold when I'm lay down, to be honest with you. Um, you can do it set up in a chair, but uh, yeah, but and again, I don't advise doing it while you're driving. Um, you know, I mean, I well, yeah, it's just that awareness thing. I wouldn't want anyone to sort of, you know, get really spaced out. The idea is not to be spaced out. Basically, the idea is is the opposite of that. I, I always remember when I was. Years and years ago, when I was sort of learning to do uh, some very, very basic uh, this Qigong stuff, very basic breathing practices, just called, because I was experiencing some kind of anxiety in my life and, and things, and I wanted to sort of... Um, and some, a lot of it was to do with playing and, um, and just chilling out, you know, switching off, but not... Um, not kind of in a kind of spaced out way. I didn't really like that kind of thing. And I remember when I was learning this exercise um, with this old friend of mine, a guy called Sheen Towers, who's, who was a, a very, very um, talented uh, bass player. He's also 
a very, very um, skilled martial artist in, in various different martial arts. And one thing he was very good at was, uh, was Tai Chi. Um, he was quite renowned, I think, um, within Tai Chi circles. But he he was, we were doing this, this Qigong sort of thing, this breathing practice, and he kind of noticed that I was getting a bit spaced out and started to just become not that present and he stopped me and he said that's not that's not what this is you know it's this is connected to being present because it's connected to ultimately to do with um, martial arts and there's no way you want to be if you're if you're in a situation where you're having to be on point it's like there's no way you want to be spaced out you know you need to be like 100 percent present you know and um and he was saying it's the same thing really for you know for um for 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 doing it within the thought within thinking about practicing the drums and playing the drums you know which was what one of the reasons why i was kind of asking for some help with it and so one of the one of the exercises the that we did was this thing about moving what we call the balance point your perceived balance point from between your um between your eyes or your um, temples so um, obviously the balance point of our body physically in, in a kind of you know in a kind of physical body thing is in the um, is in the eardrum of course you know because that's where the liquid lives that gives us our balance and um, if anyone's ever had a, a, some horrific ear infection like I had years and years and years ago where you lose your balance, it really is hideous. Uh, but anyway, um, you can um, you can use this technique to sort of change where you feel your balance in, in the body. Um, and it can be very useful for drumming because we sit on a stool and uh, sometimes we can feel a bit top heavy uh, <clears throat> i i do sometimes i feel a little bit head heavy when i'm playing i feel like it's all a bit in my head and i'm a bit in my head and i want to get out of my head not off my head but just out of my head but but, but remain present and feel balanced so this exercise was about taking you breathe you take a breath in through the nose and take a breath out and then the next you take another breath in and then the next breath you move this where you feel the balance in your body which should feel right between your ears or in the middle of your skull or wherever between but behind your nose between your eyes between your temples wherever you move it down to just under your adam's apple at the top just in, the, in your throat in that quite sensitive part of the throat there where you would never want anyone to ever hit you or damage it feels very vulnerable moving the balance point to there and just let it sit there for a few breaths um, and then the next one is you move it down to the bottom of your sternum and it's another vulnerable point of the body yeah, it's a, a place again you'd never want someone to hit you or whatever it will be hurt there because it would be quite dangerous <clears throat> and so you move the down to that point um, and then the next point is the belly button Again, the same thing. Excuse me. Um, the belly button. And then you can leave it there if you want, because that feels pretty low in the body. Uh, but you've got one more option, and it's the pelvis. So 
you can again imagine this thing moves down to the pelvis so it can take you know uh, four, three or four minutes of concentrated breathing. Um, it's good to do it when you're sat at the kit and you're practicing something that you, um, oh, sorry, playing something you can you can play. Um, maybe doing a. It's good to do it as in doing a warm up. I mean, you know, warm, when we do warm up routines, a lot of people get this wrong. By the way, they warm up with things they can't play. You, you, I don't think you warm up with things you can't play. You warm up with things that you can play. What's the point in warming up? You have to get warm. You're not going to get warm by flailing around doing something you can't do. So, if you sat at the pad, it might just be a simple thing of. Um, Just a double power diddle, double power diddle, power diddle thing, and then uh, anything. It could be just some doubles, power diddles, flam taps. You know, whatever, something at whatever speed, just to get the hands warm. Uh, when I'm doing that, or it might be something. I might be sitting at the kit and just playing time. And playing uh, maybe um, some coordinational exercise, and then maybe doing some. Oh, excuse me. Ted Reed style um, five-stroke roll thing, or something that's based on the comping pattern I was practicing. Something that I can play during that. I would do this breathing exercise, and it would just maybe help to get me a little bit more um, concentrated and balanced in the body in my own body at the instrument and then just feeling that thing of um wherever you however you're playing in the feet so if you're playing heel down feeling the the um the heel and the ball of your feet of each foot as a central point and and your and your backside and straight spine and just feeling those points as grounded you know uh, when you're breathing in, it's sometimes good to just feel those points as you're breathing in. And then, um, yeah, and then get on with the job of whatever it is you're going to practice. And, uh, you know, if it's anything like the things I practice, the kind of the, the frustration and the uh, the tension and whatever is, is wanting to creep back in, you know. So, um, but all these, yeah, all these things I'm talking about, um, which all sound, may all sound a bit mad. I'm sorry about that if they do. Um, but they're useful to me are uh, things that I've been um, revisiting or considering revisiting uh, to get kind of trying to get back into a into a kind of frame of mind of, of practicing you know so I would um, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage you to think about those things it might, they may be you may just think it's completely mad and it's not for you and you've got your way of doing things and that's you know great obviously great um this is you know i'm just sharing my ideas and thoughts it's just an archive for me really um sometimes which you very 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 seldom do um sometimes i end up listening back to bits of these um mainly because they come on by mistake um but sometimes you know i'll just um They'll come on at a point, and I'll just be like, oh, "That's quite interesting." Yeah, forgotten about that, or whatever, you know. But it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's something that um, I may come back to when I'm 
80 or something, you know, come back to... Um... Yeah, so there was that. Anyway, again, may sound like a bit of a weird deviation, but it's all part of the same thing. And then it's just that idea of materials as well, you know, of, um, of the concept or the question... And this is more of a question for any of you out there that are listening and think about this, of revisiting materials that you've previously uh, done in inverted commas, you know. Because um, we live in this... The drum thing is unique, I think, in this. I don't know of any other instrument that really has this um, fantastic way of gleaning that a lot of... Uh, mileage out of a very few exercises or materials you know and it was you know it was interesting John Riley talking about why this was the case you know um, first of all why things were written shorthand in inverted commas you know because people were paid by the note head originally when they were when people were writing out these um, scoring out these books for people uh, they weren't paid by the measure, they were paid by the note head, so they, they could write things as... If the publisher could get people to write things as abbreviated as possible, it was cheaper, you know. Um, and then the second part of of that was that a lot of families, parents of kids that were studying did, didn't have a lot of money, and uh, what spare money they had, um, first of all, will have gone on an instrument, Secondly, we'll be going on the lessons which that student, or, you know, their son or daughter was taking. And then the last part of that equation was that, um, you know, he or she may have been asked to work from certain books which they had to have bought. And, um, and so this is why the Ted Reed syncopation, syncopation sets two and, and those eight exercises beyond that and the concepts attached to those exercises um are so resource rich because the teachers were um trying to you know use that small amount of material to to teach their students for many years you know and to give them many challenges and so I think drums, I don't know if other, I just don't know anything really about other instruments, but I know that people, you know, if someone's learning the piano, they learn, probably do grades and they do a piece and they nail a piece or whatever and they get a certain mark for it and they move on to the next grade and they probably never play that piece again. And I, I often wonder, do those people ever play those pieces of music for the joy of playing those pieces of music, you know, or are they just doing that? to get through that particular thing you know uh, are they waiting to start to enjoy playing the music that they're playing by getting beyond grade eight and then there's no grades left now we're just playing music now we're now we're studying repertoire now we're doing concertos now we're doing you know um we're doing bark inventions uh, or we're doing chopin etudes or whatever you know and drums isn't just isn't like that is it you know drum kits it's um you know the material is the music we play which is often um well 
you know, it's just music, isn't it? So a lot of time it's our parts or we're replicating a part that somebody else has, has trodden before us. But the, the practicing thing, it's fascinating. So it's just that kind of idea of, do you revisit books that you've previously feel you've done, in inverted commas, you know? Um, and I can tell you for one that I certainly revisit books. Um, and uh, I made the kind of decision in the last three years to buy some new books, you know, of which I've scratched the surface of because I... Again, it's so much stuff to do, you know, because I know how much... I know there's so many things I haven't done with Ted Reed yet, for instance. So just that one thing, you know. And uh, so it's like, oh, really? really? Should I do those or should I be finishing that off? Well, that's a kind of job of work in itself. Um, and maybe that's just an ongoing thing of practising. And then I've got these new books and oh, I've got this stuff and oh god and then this other new book which I haven't even looked at I bought this book and I never even opened it I bought this other book which I was going to read because it had a lot of historical stuff in it it was quite interesting I was going to read that and then and this sort of thing goes on and on and on you know um, so it's just kind of getting things uh, ordered and organised in your brain and and, uh, and and if you are revisiting something you know question why and really have a clear idea as to why you're um, why you're going back to that, you know that uh, whatever it is. Um, trying to think of something I was revisiting recently, book wise. Um, I always kind of go back to anything that's snare drummy, you know. Um, I always have this view that when I was younger I did a lot of snare drum playing and, and learnt a lot of snare drum uh, repertoire you know uh, especially classical stuff but also the Wilcox and stuff and what have you and, uh, and that's all great but you know having got into this um, Superior Technique Guy Lefebvre book you know um, this French this Parisian school thing which is something quite well the sort of the whole thing of it's new to me in the last couple of years. It's not completely new to me because it's it's just rhythm and what have you. But it it is different. So in a way, it's new to me. Um, but it's not alien. If that well, that's what I'm trying to say. But you know, even that, um, it's it feels like I'm bringing something that I've already done to those things and um, and that kind of makes it less exciting because it's always nice to kind of when you're doing something new in inverted commas is to feel like it's all new you know um, which is why I think a lot of the time with the where, with the coordination stuff I think I always find that the sort of the most satisfying and challenging to practice in a lot of ways because because everything that i'm practicing is new to me and it feels like i'm beginning again you know because i because i physically can't play that particular thing with that particular thing with that particular ostinato with that particular whatever you know so again i bring i do bring my sound and i bring 
you know, the way I'd play the ride symbol if it's a swing thing, but but there's something really kind of new and exciting about getting a new kind of coordination thing down, which is very different than getting a new snare drummy thing down, you know, or even a new kind of pattern or a chop or something. It, I always find that there always feels like there's something that I've had before in that, you know, whereas the coordination thing doesn't feel like that. Um, but that's, you know, maybe more of a personal thing to me than it maybe is to you. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I kind of feel like that's a natural end. Uh, I think there was anything else, actually. Um yeah, like I was saying, there was lots of things I was thinking about over the last couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, they just seem to have faded in the sort of midst of time, as they say. <clears throat> or is it the mist of time? I think it's the midst of time, isn't it? I don't know, whichever. The mist of time actually feels kind of, you know, I think it gets a bit foggy, doesn't it? A bit misty. But. Um, but I think it's midst of time. I, anyway, I don't even know why I'm going there with that. But yeah, send me an email and let me know which uh, which one you think is the correct answer. So um, anyway, I hope all is well with yourselves. And I hope that you're busy and um, gigs are going well. And um, and if you're teaching, that's all going well. My teaching has really finished now for this year at um, at work at the conservatoire. That is now. Uh, we're done until um, late September. And um, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I'm due quite soon some time away, which I'm I'm in need of. Um, it's been a full on year, very, very busy. Um, back to normal and um, lots of challenges and lots of stuff. And yeah, just looking forward to a bit of a, a bit of time away and... Um, trying to get that balance when when i'm off work of not doing the busman's holiday thing of, of being off work and then spending my whole time playing music you know i think um yeah still trying to get the balance of that right still trying to get better at, uh, at being better at that <laughs> you know it's so easy to say yes to a load of gigs when when i'm off work and then just ending up not being off work really essentially but it is a very different thing when you're away from the office and the out of office is on and you're away from the email thing and stuff it that does you know you do get a bit more refreshed with that which is good so um so yeah that's kind of looking forward to that and um yeah and doing some more bits of recording and stuff got lots of projects on the go at the moment some um couple of really interesting things on the go and uh, hopefully they're going to get finished this summer Got a few nice gigs this month, but very quite a quiet month, July. So it's going to be quite nice, um, which I'm sort of looking forward to actually. Just a few little gigs, and a few nice gigs. So um, and then yeah, I'll be um, next time I probably record. I'll probably be right at the end of my first little stint of holiday. So let's see if I'm um, a little less tired then so uh, yeah well thanks for listening anyway and uh, i'll be back with you soon so bye for now